Welcome back to Bruin Success, the UCLA podcast of career stories and helpful strategies from alumni who work in diverse industries around the globe. Every Bruin has unique passions, interests, and experiences that have shaped their life path and career trajectory. This week's interview features Rachel Savo, an Anderson MBA alumni and Director of Strategy and Business Planning at Warner Brothers Consumer Products. She currently leads the planning and strategic initiatives across the North America products team, which includes overseeing and supporting the licensed category business and the owned and operated e-commerce platform. Prior to working at Warner Brothers, Rachel worked at Ernst & Young in their transfer pricing practice, as well as in finance at Walt Disney Imagineering. Welcome back, Bruins. I'm here today with Rachel Salvo. We're going to interview her about her career trajectory. Thank you all for joining. Rachel, thanks for being here. Really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited. Well, let's let's jump in. Um, We'd love to learn more about your position as Director of Strategy and Business Planning at Warner Brothers. There's a lot to that. I'd say, you know, we don't, not everyone understands even what strategy and business planning are. You know, where would you like to start to help us unpack that and, and give the listeners an idea of, of what that job is? Yeah, no, um, happy to do so. Um, so just to give you a little background um, on the company itself, and I work for Warner Brothers Consumer Products, which is part of sort of a our global brands and experiences segment within Warner Media, formerly known as Warner Brothers. Um, and within Warner Brothers Consumer Products, we have eight licensed lines of businesses, as well as our own owned and operated e-commerce platforms that we just launched last year. And within those eight lines of businesses, there are five product categories, which are tangible goods, you know, toys, apparel, home goods, those types of things. So I myself manage the North America products business, as well as the e-commerce owned and operated platforms for strategic and business planning. So this involves a lot of sort of long-term strategy, as well as like the day-to-day, let's get through this forecast cycle um, for what the business is going to look like for the rest of 2022. Um, I would say like currently right now, um, in this Q1 of 2022, we're in the middle of accruing for our Q1 revenue. We are prepping for our next forecast cycle, which is the May forecast. We are in the middle of long-range planning um, over the next three to, looking at um, a time frame of three to five years for the growth of the business, both on the license side and the e-commerce side. Um, and a lot of this involves working directly with our category managers who manage those licensed lines of businesses um, and e-commerce team, working with research and insights, just understanding how the market is changing. I don't think I have to tell anybody how much has changed over the last couple of years and how quickly things are changing. So we always have to be on top of all of that market research, e-commerce strategies, et cetera, um, how each category is adjusting. Um, and then just understanding like where our consumers are. You know, our consumers are always the, the center of um, what we do. Our fan is our number one priority. And, and so we're always focused on, you know, conscious consumerism, where they want us to be, when they want us to be there, 
etc. So it's um, I was <laughs> there's no like day in the life per se. It, it sort of changes every day, but that's sort of we're constantly sort of just looking at how to better the business. Awesome. Okay. Well, that gives me a nice overview. From there, let's take let's take a step back. Um, let's think about and learn more about your career and professional trajectory from collegiate sports player at Haverford College to joining the workforce, um, enrolling at UCLA Anderson School of Management to pursue your MBA. How did you get from point A to where you are now? I don't want to say point B, but maybe like point S or L. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, that's a great question. Um, I'm an LA girl, born and raised, and I did go to college on the East Coast. So um, I knew I wanted to come back to LA right after college. Um, as much as I enjoyed the East Coast, uh, winters are not for me. Totally understand. I'm the so, I'm a person myself, and Los Angeles has just such better sunny weather days. You're a bot. Did you say Boston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, my husband is currently getting his MBA from from Harvard, so I'm currently in Boston, enjoying the seasons here. But we'll be back in California in June. So Perfect. looking forward. To that. Boston is beautiful though. Um, but essentially, uh, my I went to Haverford College. I was pre-med and an econ major. All through college, I thought I was going to go to med school. I took the MCATs, rethought that. <laughs> and, you know, why don't I try to use this econ degree before I totally commit to med school, which is a very serious path to go down if you're not 100% certain on it. And so... My first job out of college was at Walt Disney Imagineering, and I want to say half of that was luck. As with most career paths, I think that there's always a little bit of luck involved. Absolutely. And, um, that I just happened to get, get my first job in, in, in the entertainment industry, and I really, really loved it there. It was my first taste of anything in the business corporate world. Um, and it was just a really fun place to be. You're helping to build the parks and resorts and the cruise ships and get a little inside, inside um, view into Disney, which is a great company um, and has great, great products. Um, but after about a year there, I was recruited to go to Ernst & Young by a fellow Haverford alum. And I knew that I wanted to take that step because um, of the formal training that that company provides and just to get an insight into like what else is out there. I've never had been that type of person where, who knew exactly what she wanted to do. Well, when I wanted to go to med school, I thought that was it. But post-college, um, I didn't really, I didn't have a set sort of career track in mind. And so I, I wanted to have a different experience. Um, and I worked at Ernst & Young in transfer pricing which is like a very niche area within international tax. Um, and I learned a lot, worked with a lot of great clients, with a lot of great companies, which sort of gave me a, a good perspective on sort of the different types of companies that are out there. But it was after about two years at EY where I was like, this has been great. I don't think this is for me long-term. And that's when um, going in to get my MBA really popped into my mind where I was like, I know I want to switch industries. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know that I really should get that foundational business baseline um, understanding because I went to a liberal arts college. I didn't have 
a typical sort of like business background. So I didn't have, didn't take strategy. I didn't have marketing. I didn't take accounting, anything like that. So I really thought of going to get my MBA as sort of twofold. One is sort of giving me the opportunity to network and um, switch industries, but also improve myself. Gotcha. And how did you choose UCLA? And then UCLA was, um, it was a no-brainer, right? Um, I mean, we like to hear that, of to course. focus on, on media, entertainment, and sports. That was the industry I was set on going into. And what better place than, than UCLA to do that? Well, that sounds really interesting. Can you share more about your MBA internships? You were at Wasserman Media Group and Disney Consumer Products, and you were balancing work and studies. What was motivation like to, to do both of those things together? Any regrets on an MBA while working full-time? Tell us more about the experience at Anderson. Definitely no regrets because I do think that holding those internships while I was in, in school really sort of solidified my path. And the reason that I took on those internships in the first place was because I, I understood how difficult it was to get into those industries. Um, I had a taste of entertainment, but really no experience in sports where Wasserman and the, the Los Angeles Clippers came into play for the internships that I took on. And just like getting your foot in the door is sort of the hardest part, right? So I just jumped on the opportunity to work at these companies that were taking on MBA interns. And I wanted to, to do like totally different things within the sports industry. So Wasserman is a, is a sports agency and I worked um, within their consulting group looking at valuations for IP sponsorships and whatnot. Whereas with the Los Angeles Clippers, um, I helped them with like understanding dynamic pricing and their ticket pricing for their season. So I really got a taste of like very different areas of you know the quote unquote sports industry. Um, and then with the Disney consumer products, it was going back to Disney, but in a totally different area than I was before um, and getting an understanding of the, they have both the license and vertical um, consumer products business. And so just understanding Disney's process in, you know, getting all those, those goods out and that you see in the Disney store, but that you can also buy at, at Target and Walmart. Um, so for me, it was important just to, to get experience. And I was still able to really fully enjoy my MBA I don't think that I um, missed out on anything that I didn't want to participate in, but it, it really is sort of up to you, you know, when you're getting your MBA on how you want to approach it. Everyone's different. And this is just the approach I decided to take that I thought was best for me. Sure. No, that, that makes sense. And, and I think that's great that you tailored that to make it work for your interests. Um, what you were sharing about these different organizations that you were connecting with and working for, um, it also seems like it ties really closely to some of your involvement while you're at Anderson. So the Sports Business Association, the Entertainment Management Association, Women's Business Connection, those, those activities and societies, um, do you look at that as having like supplemented your MBA or because you were also working with those organizations, was it sort of a nice like marriage of the two together? And then how has that sort of overall influenced your career journey to end up at Warner Brothers Entertainment? Sorry, that's a bit of a two-part question. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, it's, I definitely saw it as a, a marriage. I think it was one, um, utilizing the, the contacts that I gained while I was working at those companies um, in order to help the colleagues that I 
had at Anderson. And also, as with anything with an MBA, um, most things associated with the MBA, these organizations were just critical in like building leadership skills, forming relationships with classmates, networking with alumni who were in those industries um, or groups. Um, and so I think it participating in that sort of just brought everything together for me and everything that an MBA is about. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I was sort of one participating in order to gain experience for myself in leadership, but also giving back to um, Anderson as much as I could um, in groups that I was also interested in. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so seeing that now that you're in entertainment, were you also interested in, in pursuing a job in the sports world more formally once you completed your degree? Is that something that you still might want to look into in the future since, you know, as a former athlete, as, as being connected to, you know, you mentioned the Clippers from having these um, different touch points while you were a student, what might that look like for you in the future? Not that you want to leave Warner Brothers Entertainment. Never say never. I love my time in the sports industry. And like I said before, there's so many different areas within a, the broad sports industry. Um, I do think that after my um, time with the Clippers, I wouldn't necessarily join a sports team only because their their schedules are so there's a they're long they're long seasons. Gotcha. Uh, but I loved my time there. I had so much fun, and they were a great organization. Um, but I would love to join the sports industry one day if the right opportunity came around. Well, speaking of that, um, a lot of Bruins are interested in pursuing careers like you've been building for yourself, or maybe they might want to pivot into business from a liberal arts background. What advice might you have for folks who um, are interested in creating a, a similar career trajectory for themselves or pursuing something in business? Yeah, um, I think it's, I sort of have a twofold answer to this. Um, I think one, for those who were like me and didn't necessarily have like a set career path in mind is just don't be afraid to try something new or seeking out like stretch opportunities within a current role. Um, I think you'll be surprised at what opportunities come out of those um, new experiences. Even though you may not think you're 100% ready, I think it's great to challenge yourself and just see what else is out there. And if you do know or have an idea of what you want, out of your career. Um, the president of our company, Global Brands and Experiences has said this and it's always stuck with me is, you have to do the job before you get the job. And so it's always like knowing um, what value you can bring to wherever you are and what you wanna do and doing it. Um, not waiting for someone to ask you to do it, but proving that you can handle whatever is next for you. Um, rather than just, you know, cause this was me for a long time, like just thinking that I deserve the next promotion, that everyone's just gonna see all the hard work that I'm doing um, for my current role, that may or may not be true. And so you just have to really one, advocate for yourself too, and to um, prove that you can, you can handle the next step. Okay, I think that's very savvy advice and makes a lot of sense. Speaking of that, you've, you've held a couple different positions at Warner Brothers, you've, or excuse me, uh, uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment. Um, you, know, you, you started as an analyst, manager, now a director. So I think your you know, advice is good and that trying to do 
do that job before you get promoted into it. What would you say to folks who maybe aren't at a company that's quite as large with uh, a path towards promotion or um, what about situations where there, there maybe isn't an opportunity to grab on to work that will help prove yourself for future opportunities? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I would say, so especially for, for new collegiate graduates, um, first and foremost is do the job that you were hired to do well, whatever that may be, um, because it's important for growth, no matter where you are, that like you show that you can handle the responsibilities that you were hired to do, um, whether that's pulling data or making marketing decks, whatever it may be, it's like just sh showcase that you are one, learning the business, um, two, that you can start becoming um, an expert in your field over time, and um, three, just know, become that person that your boss can rely on to, to do whatever he or she needs you to do. Um, I think those are just three critical things that will help prove yourself no matter where you're starting or no matter what job you're in. Okay. Makes sense again. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have immediate goals that you like to plan for yourself, like in the upcoming years or large goals that you're hoping to work towards in the future? How do you goal set? I tend to goal set more short term only because if I were to look back or more it was five years ago, and if I would think that I was where I am now, it's, I think I'd probably be in a completely different place, but definitely year terms, year terms in terms of goal setting, but then breaking down that year um, into, into smaller goals. So um, in terms of like career development, a lot of it is focusing on me becoming a better people manager, understanding my team better, working with my boss better. Um, that's what I'm focused on currently, but that's also because I was recently promoted last year. And so I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job in my current role until I even start thinking about, um, what might be next for me. Um, ultimately in across all of the goals that I set is focused on what value can I bring to my team? What value can I bring to the company? Um, and it's less about sort of what my title is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that would absolutely make sense. Well, given some of the information that you've shared, sort of looking back on your time at this organization and some of the other you know, huge brands and companies that you've worked with, your time at Anderson, um, what advice might you have given to your younger self to help get you to where you are today? Or, or what do you wish you knew then that you know now? very good question. Um, I think I would tell myself to put less pressure on myself, but I've always been a type A perfectionist. And as I've grown older and mature, I'd like to think matured, um, no one's ever, you can never be perfect. And the stress that comes along with putting that type of pressure on yourself ultimately isn't worth it. I do think that you know, I, I did do well in school because I did put that pressure on myself. I did become 
an athlete because I wanted to be the best that I could be. Um, but when it comes to like the professional world, I was so focused on what is next for me. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm still constantly, you know, making sure I'm sort of on track and, and for where I want to be. But it's I don't I don't think that I need to be so focused on. I need to be a certain title by a certain age, which is definitely where I was when I was in my early 20s. Um, and just sort of enjoy the process versus the, and the journey versus the final destination. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all a process. Careers are, are definitely more about the, the journey than the destination. And it's great to hear you reflect that to listeners. Speaking, speaking of that journey and sort of decisions to be made across that journey, when you were thinking about pursuing an MBA and, and then you, you made that decision and you've been very successful since, how much do you think that that MBA has influenced your success or, or been a pivotal part of that success? I, I know lots of um, folks question, you know, do I need to pursue a master's level degree in different fields. And some people would really argue, yeah, absolutely. It's going to help you stand out from the crowd while others are saying, you know what, it's not quite as valuable as um, maybe it was in the past, but uh, could you sort of speak to you what was going through your mind and, and decision-making at that time? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head where it's sort of role and industry independent now, where I by no means think that everybody needs to get an MBA. I myself find, found it very valuable, um, but that was again because I was really trying to pivot my own career trajectory. I knew I didn't want to stay in transfer pricing long term, um, and also knew that I didn't have um, a real foundation of business skills. Um, I was an econ major, which is great, which is part of the business curriculum, but I still had a lot missing in terms of a, a full picture of what it takes to, to run a business. Um, so for me, it made sense to invest in the MBA and really get a good grasp of all of the different parts of a business. I had no insight into marketing or strategy or accounting for that matter um, before getting an MBA. And it's, definitely paid off for my career. Um, but that's because I work in strategy and finance. I, I think it really is career person and, and career dependent, but of all of my, um, Anderson friends, I would say all of them thought it was worth it. That's obviously great to hear. And, um, small sample size. I'm not saying all, all, <laughs> all alumni everywhere. I don't want to speak for everyone, but uh, my small group of alumni. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure it, it doesn't hurt that it, that it is from Anderson, you know, a, a top business school. So thanks for sharing a little insight into to your small sample size, nonetheless. Um, so speaking of, of sort of things that you have chosen as part of your career journey, what about um, a mentor? How has um, mentorship played into your career or not? I have been lucky enough to have what I consider a mentor at every single professional organization I've been in. Um, and none of them have been like formal mentorships. They've all been colleagues, 
Um, sometimes my boss, um, but more often than not, it's it's someone who was in my position before and sort of just took me under their wing. But I think having um, a mentor is critical to success within an organization because one, they can help you sort of um, understand the organization that you are a part of. Um, and two, since they've been where you are, um, they can give you advice on how to navigate challenges um, that you face and also help you develop. And I think development is one of the most critical pieces that we have in, um, in, organ in professional organizations. And that's what is gonna keep people there and happy um, to make sure that they're progressing and mentorship is, is a piece of that. So you mentioned that your mentors haven't really been through formal connections. How did you go about seeking out a mentor? I, I know a lot of people hear that word or think about mentorship and it seems sort of like this great idea, but they're not sure how to execute or find that type of professional relationship. Yeah, it is tricky sometimes. Um, and more often than not, for me, it just happened organically. Sometimes it started as a friendship um, with a, a colleague who was above me in, in the organization. And, and sometimes it is my boss. Like I would say currently my boss right now is the biggest mentor um, that I've ever had. And he's really taken me under his wing um, to show me how he deals with situations, um, how he addresses um, certain asks. But in other organizations, it's been um, it's been a friend who was older than me and knew the organization better, and that was a lot more casual. But I, I think there's a lot of different ways you can view a mentor, and I don't think there's also any shame in actually formally asking someone to be your mentor um, or signing up for organizations within your, your um, business that provides mentorship. Because I mean, Warner Media definitely has that as well, where you can sign up to, to have um, a mentor across the organization. Um, so I would say definitely take advantage of all those opportunities as well. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's, that's good advice once again, is there are formal channels, there are informal ones, never hurts to just come out and ask. I love that. I think uh, sometimes we make things in our head more complicated than they actually have to be, but most people would be happy to share advice and sort of the mistakes that they've learned from over their career. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna add that um, exactly what you just said. Most people would actually be very um, humbled and honored to, to have you ask that. And so when you ask someone, I would just look for someone who one, you admire and two sort of has a career path that you two are interested in. Great, well, on that note, how would you define, how have you defined success for yourself? Um, how might you define it in the future? Mm -hmm. I have defined success differently over the course of my career. Um, I, in the beginning of my work life, I definitely would have defined it by how quickly I moved up the ladder or what title I could acquire or earn. Um, but now, and as nice as those things are, like, don't get me wrong, I'm, still probably going to be working, <laughs> working hard to sort of achieve things. It, it's become more about the impact that I can make. Um, 
and how much balance I have in my life. Um, when I'm, 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 when I was younger, I'm not old, but when I was younger, I would say like I was much less worried about work-life balance and um, being able to um, set boundaries. But if anything has come out of this pandemic, it's shown me how important that work-life balance is and how important boundaries are while still being able to, you know, get your work done. Um, I think that success is very, you know, varies person to person, but for me, I'm much more worried about like, how, how am I doing health, you know, because I don't want to do, be doing well in a job that like I dread going to, I don't, I, I love my job and I've found great balance so far with the work that I have. Um, but also what sort of impact can I have on the organization? If I'm, I want to make sure that I'm adding value because if not, like, why, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah, that purpose factor is, is definitely a consideration. And I think something I can say in my own career too, I, I wasn't as concerned about some of the things you mentioned, but time changes, evolution, maturity, it all factors in and that balance matters a lot and, and how we're defining success. So Switching it up just a little bit, um, we'd love to get your answers for some fun rapid fire questions as well before we close out. So tell us about your favorite place on campus. Poly Pavilion. Quick answer. You had that right on the tip of your tongue. Uh, I mean, I'm for, uh, former athlete, but I, I love watching the UCLA athletes perform. I mean, um, that's on campus, right? The Rose Bowl doesn't count, but Poly Pavilion. <laughs> Watching the volleyball, watching the basketball. Good stuff happens in there. John Wooden, come on. Absolutely. No, excellent choice. Excellent choice. What about a, a great book, article, or any media you've consumed recently? Think Again by Adam Grant. Highly, highly recommend. Again, right on the tip of the tongue. Can you give us a quick synopsis about that book? So the whole purpose of the book um, that I, Adam Grant is writing is um, to sort of always be open to rethinking ideas and thinking more like a scientist versus um, he has versus like a politician, a preacher. He has a few different areas, um, but the way that scientists think is that they they'll have a hypothesis, but they're op they're always constantly open to changing that hypothesis should new information come in. I like um, that. Yeah, so it's really it's really great. Very cool. And then last but not least, a favorite UCLA memory. I would say my favorite memory at UCLA is working on this, the capstone project that all Anderson students are required to uh, fulfill. Uh, it's called the Applied Management Research or AMR. And I had the chance to work on it with um, three of my best girlfriends from Anderson. And we had some ups and downs with that project, but the solidarity and being able to work together on a project um, to finish your time there um, was really fun. So I definitely say those best memories. That definitely speaks to your drive that your favorite UCLA memory was your capstone project. Very impressive. But it really was about the people that I got to do it with. Well, awesome. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing advice, information about your career journey, um, and lots of just helpful information that other Bruins will be able to utilize and potentially follow in your footsteps. 
Well, thank you so much for having me again. Great. Well, we appreciate it. Until next time, go Bruins. Go Bruins. Thank you for joining us for our interview with Rachel. As part of the podcast, we share a career tip at the end of each episode. This episode's tip is from Amanda Raymond. She says, when accepting a new job, always try to negotiate your salary. You might feel uncomfortable asking for a higher salary than what your prospective employer offered, but the odds are they've anticipated that reaction and their salary offer reflects it. Some studies estimate that failing to negotiate can cost you up to $600,000 over the course of your career. Thanks for the tip, Amanda. If you have a career tip of your own and would like to be featured on the podcast, you can email a voice memo or written tip to ace at support.ucla.edu. We look forward to highlighting your strategies for success with the Bruin community. Join us for more episodes in the coming weeks and follow us on the UCLA Alumni Career Engagement and UCLA Alumni Association Facebook and Instagram accounts. We'll put those in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Go Bruins!